The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Back with you guys for another stream, the second of the day. It'll probably be the final one, unless something major happens. We know uh, the Arsenal are closing in on the signing of Jorginho. In fact, it's probably already done. We're just awaiting uh, that confirmation, of course, from the club. There's pictures going around of Jorginho posing in his Arsenal shirt and all of that stuff. Uh, so very confident that that is done. Uh, Sambi Lekonga could still be on his way out of the club at the time of recording uh, with a move to Crystal Palace being on the cards. We're going to be discussing all of that. We're going to be having the Jorginho debate. We're going to be getting through all of your comments and questions as well alongside the brilliant Tom Cantor from the Guna Talk TV and Football oh, London. So uh, Tom, welcome <laughs> back, mate. It's been a while since we did one of these crossover shows. Mainly my fault. I have to hold my hands up. Um, but it's great to uh, great to have you here and uh, looking forward to getting into all the hot topics. How you been? Yeah, good, good. You 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 scared me the other day. I don't know if you told people this, but uh, we was, I was sitting in the Etihad press lounge, minding my business. <laughs> All of a sudden, this massive hand grabs my shoulder. <laughs> Turn around, it's this man. So yeah, but no, all good, mate. It wasn't the best uh, result, but it was. Uh, I'd never been to the Etihad before, and it was an experience. I mean, it's it's all show no go from there. You know, from a stadium perspective, in it, loads of lights, loads of lasers, no atmosphere yeah. other than from the OA fans at all. I did enjoy that laser show at the beginning, though, with the way they announced their team. I did I like it. Quite cool. I thought it was a bit much at times. Like, if it was just the lineup, fine. But all of that, the lasers beforehand, <laughs> was really weird. It was really like yeah. everyone's looking around, like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to go to all that trouble, you should at least have a Champions League trophy to be able to put in your mm. laser show. And, and they yeah, don't. That's why we don't have one. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, Tom, let's get into it then, mate, because. Um, you know, Moises Caicedo was seemingly on the cards. A lot of people were hoping that Arsenal would convince Brighton to part ways with the midfielder. That obviously hasn't materialised, but what has materialised is a move for uh, Jorginho. Now, I put out a tweet yesterday saying I'd take Jorginho every day of the week. And were you, I got... were you, is there any satirical nature in that? Because um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I know what he's doing there. <laughs> I'd, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't know it was going to get that kind of yeah. reaction. Yeah, yeah. I actually think it's a, a sensible bit of business, all things yeah. considered. And, and one of the things I kept saying yesterday, uh, because I did a live stream quite late at night, sort of after the news had broken. And one of the things I kept saying was, it's it's all dependent on the terms for me. If Arsenal can do this for a decent amount of money, and not on a long-term contract, then I'm actually okay with this. Yeah. And it's turned out, hasn't it, actually, that Arsenal have got quite a good deal here. I mean, what was your initial reaction to the link and then to obviously the news today that this deal is is basically done? 
Yeah, my reaction, my reaction to the link when it first popped up was to post the the gif from Friends when Ross gets caught out for speaking a British accent in the uh, lecture where he's like, "Oh bloody hell!" <laughs> just, and that kind of summed up how I was feeling, you know, in that moment. Um, and uh, you know, there was initial disappointment um, because I I wanted to see something you know really quite special um, coming in that position in this window. And to be honest, there's not a lot of options for that out there in this window. And Moises Caicedo was the obvious one that. I'm not going to say was available because he's not available. You know, he's not for sale. So um, Arsenal pushed and tried. I, I'm critical of the approach for Kaiseido because it was, it's been obvious and has continued to be obvious that they aren't selling. And I think that the criticism I have of Arsenal in this window and of their do is the speed, is, the, is how quick he is, or rather in this case, how slow we are to make certain decisions in the market. With the Mudrick deal... You know, the money that we're putting on the table for Caicedo, you know, people are going to reference that quite rightly as if you've spent, you know, if you're willing to spend 70 odd million on Caicedo after you'd already spent another 40 on Trossard and Kivior, you, know, you put that Trossard money on top of Caicedo, you've got Mudrick. Do you know what I mean? So that I think is going to be a fair criticism that fans will have on that sort of things. And if they'd have been, if they were desperate, if they were able to spend this amount of money, you know, I think that we could have done it. Now, in terms of what we've done, when you add Jorginho to what we've done, I think it's a it's a it's a good window. You know, you think about we needed to make sure we brought in an extra attacker. We didn't get Mudrick. We got Trossard. Looks great. You know, looks like the perfect option in a title race to add to your team. You add Kivior, who's along the profile lines of what we've been doing. You know, for anyone being naive enough to write this guy off already, and they haven't learned their lessons from the signings we've made in the last two years, I can't help you at this stage. You know, it's beyond help. There's no point me continuing to to repeat myself about you know, don't look naive or ignorant after we've done some really good deals that a lot of people really wrote off. You know, so and then with Jorginho, it's needs must for me. If we if we had not have signed a midfielder in this window, I would have been fuming. And I mean, and I'm you know me, I'm not the type to get angry about Arsenal and decision making because I really want to be optimistic about stuff. I would have been fuming if we'd have not signed a midfielder, especially considering the injury to Mohamed El Nenny, because obviously there are options out there as we've shown because we've got one in, and there are potential alternatives to him as well. But on Jorginho. Uh, the, the way I'm trying to contextualise it is in the state of play that we are. If we were going to get him, we've signed him on the perfect type of contract. If it was going to be that, other than maybe a six-month deal, Max, but to be honest, you know, or if he did really, really well and then you lose him in the summer, you know, he might yeah. be a good backup. So 18 months kind of protects you in that sense. Um, and if we were going up against Man City tomorrow and I said I can start and Aparte is not available and I can start El Nenny or Jorginho, you know, I'm starting Jorginho, you know, he's just, it's just as simple as that for me. So we have upgraded on that backup position. But I would have loved to have bring in a competitive midfielder rather than a backup, but I just don't think it ended up being possible. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's, it's always, I've said this so many times over the last couple of days, like it's really easy to say, pay the extra money. It's really easy to say, you know, push that little bit further. But if you're not the one taking that risk or you're not the one having to front it up. It's it's always very easy to say that. I think somebody mm. like Jorginho, as you say, is an upgrade on Mohamed Elneny, is an upgrade on Lokonga in the sixth position. No question about that. And I actually think Arsenal's compact style of play now, the way that the centre-backs squeeze up behind yep. the defensive midfielder, the fact that Ben White can tuck in, that Zinchenko can tuck in. Mm. I think actually 
gives Jorginho the kind of protection that he probably hasn't had at times at Chelsea mm -hmm. to be able to get on the ball in a deeper area and really dictate play. In terms of progressive passing and all of that, Jorginho is that. He brings that to the table. He also brings a winning mentality, experience. He brings a lot. And I think this is one of those classic cases where there's a narrative about a player. I remember when he first came to England, he's too slow. That was the that was the big thing. I hate when people say and that. It's, it's yeah. nonsense, isn't it? Like people yeah. jump on these bandwagons and mm. they just go with them and they'll go with them throughout. Look, obviously when you want Caicedo and then you end up with Jorginho, there is going to be a, an element of you that is underwhelmed. And myself included. But we shouldn't be shitting on this signing. Like it's not, no. it, it, he's not coming in to play ahead of Partey. He's not coming no. in to be part of the starting 11. He's coming in as a squad member. And, you know, people out there might think that he doesn't fit. But the numbers, Tom, and I know you've had a look at this today because I saw a great piece that you did earlier on football.london. Mm, but when, when you look at the numbers, actually, Jorginho fits a lot more than maybe people would have guessed, right? If you look at this on the screen now, player comparison, Premier League 22-23, all stats per 90 minutes. So total tackles. Uh, on average, he makes more than Thomas Partey, 2.95 against Partey's 2.32. Uh, he makes more interceptions, 1.48 per game. That's per 90 minutes, obviously, in comparison to Partey's 1.23. More ball recoveries, not as many passes completed, but a higher forward passing percentage. So I know Jorginho's sample size is not massive this season. And that's oh, no, it is. No, it is. It's, I think there's a misconception about that. I've seen, as you say, people say that he's got a similar number of minutes. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's played. He's played. He started 15 of Chelsea's Premier League games. Okay. So yeah, I think that the, the stats you're showing there are actually reflective of of what is what isn't. You know, what isn't reflective is the things you don't see. You know, I've just done a tactical breakdown on my channel yeah. with with Dan uh, with Daniel Charles and uh, some of Chelsea, Brilliant. and you know, he. He says that the statistics that we're looking at, you know, they tell a certain story, but they don't tell you the full story. Mm. And, you know, he's, he's watched game these and what he comes out from is, you know, he can have great games and he can have some really bad. And often what statistics do is you, you get an average, you know, so you see the average of, of the, what the, the extremities are in some players. You know, we've had plenty of players like that. You know, El Nenny, for instance, is a player who's complete opposite to that because he'll give you a six out of 10 pretty much every single time you play. You know, not going to make a mistake. He's not going to do anything spectacular other than a, a long-range goal here and there. You know, so, but when, but, but one of the things he did say is that when the pressure's on and when you've got a big game and when you need someone to step up and be professional and put in a top performance and you're going up against your Liverpools, your Cities, your Uniteds, Jorginho is the type that does that. You know, he's actually, ironically, some of his poorer performances come against the lower, uh, lower uh, down the table opposition sides. That's that's when you see some of his worst games. Because maybe you know he's just not. I don't know why, but it just doesn't happen. Um, mm. But when the when the pressure's on, and for Arsenal, every single game to the end of the season, the pressure's on for us because we're in a title race. You know that that is a mentality that I think is going to be valuable to us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I say, I'm not. I was never dead against this signing from the beginning. And I think the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. And mm. sometimes that's what happens, right? As fans, sometimes you get caught up in the emotion of stuff and you go, oh, you know, actually now I can see why there's a little bit of logic to this. And I mean, at what, what points, uh, Tom, are people just going to look and go, you know what, this manager has picked this club up off of the floor. 
It's taken a bit of time, but him and Edu as a combination have done some great work to get us to where we are today. At what point mm. are people going to acknowledge that? And as a result of that, place a little bit more faith in some of the decisions they make without flying off the handle every time a, a decision gets made that maybe you or I wouldn't look at as a first choice, second choice, maybe even a third choice. Like, At what point are we going to give the club their credit for where we are currently and, and the fact that we are now in a position where we're strengthening for the remainder of a title race. Like we mm. have to give them some credit mm. and some trust, don't we? Honest, like I, this is one of the most infuriating like conversations to me because the answer is never, it's never going to happen. Um, we're, we're five, I, I laugh when I say this because we're five points clear at the top of the table, right? We're a team that were fractured in the absolute midst of um, decline, you know, when Emery was sacked, we were in 11th place um, when Arteta took over and, you know, it wasn't going to improve immediately and it wasn't obvious to all of, to everyone. And I include myself in that because I certainly didn't think at one point Arteta was the right guy to go forwards or I do to go forwards. Um, so it's not me being all high and mighty and saying I'm above all these people that were wrong. No, I was with you guys. <laughs> you know, I, I was at the same point as you guys at one point where he, I thought there wasn't a, play, a way forward. But they have wrong time and time again, both in the market, in terms of decision-making, in terms of improvement of players. And it's like, if something happens that we don't like, you just see an explosion of emotion that, frankly, you know, I always tell people, just take a night to sleep on it. Now, thankfully, the Jorginho stuff came out last night, so we have had a night to sleep on it. And unfortunately, it's not been enough for some people. Like, you know... I think the main thing for people is that we keep missing out on key targets. Um, obviously, we missed out on Moises Caicedo, you would say, although I don't really see that as an argument because he wasn't for sale. You know, what, what are you supposed to do? The, the, the thing I find, the, the thing I struggle with the most, I struggle with two things, and I know that you'll probably experience this too because we've both done phone-in shows. I'm doing a phone-in show later. Is that obviously often the loudest critics the loudest haters, if you want to call them that, or even the trolls in some cases, not all of them are trolls, but some of them are, won't ever jump onto a phone and to explain their frustration. It's just anger. It's just words. It's just usually like spamming a chat box with the same message over and over again, something like that. Um, and the other thing that's frustrating is obviously just a, um, the ability to just hold your hands up sometimes and be like, I've got that wrong and actually be reflective and say, you know, I thought Ramsdale was going to be crap. I thought he was going to be terrible. Some people would have said that. And some people have said a lot worse and said it to him directly to the point where he had to turn off his Instagram notifications. You know, some people didn't have a clue Tommy Asu was when we signed him. Some people didn't have a clue who Saliba was when we signed him. Some people didn't have a, didn't thought we were getting Man City's cast-offs, Man City's rejects in terms of Zinchenko and Jason. How on earth are they going to take us to a title? You know, City are replacing these guys because they're going on to bigger and better things. How are they going to take us to a title? Whether here they are taking us to a title, we hope. So it's yeah, I, I get very. It is the most emotive part of you know this stuff we do that that gets to me is just the the just the ignorance and naivety you know that there is out yeah. there. But uh, I just want to be clear because Stan the man in the chat says stop slagging people off for having a different opinion to yourselves. Alienating listeners with different opinions is not a good look. I said very clearly on the stream that I did last night and the one that I did this morning that I don't have an issue with somebody looking at Jorginho and saying he is not the guy mm -hmm. or, or putting forward 
valid reasons as to why they're concerned about Jorginho coming in. Sit down and talk to me. Tell me that, you know, tactically you don't think he fits because of X, Y, and Z. Talk to me about what your concerns are, as opposed to people going online and saying, he's a dosser, he's a bum, he's this, he's that, he's shit, he's that, blah, blah, blah. And then when you ask them to explain, you know, why they feel that way, they say, Edu out. This, th- these, that's the type no, of people that we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Let's be clear. We're that's not talking not about, yeah, it's just trolling. Yeah. We're not talking about people that look at Jorginho and say, I'm not sure that this is the right signing. That's absolutely fine. We're talking about the people that decide to cross a line at any given opportunity and genuinely enjoy being outraged about nothing. Those are the people that need calling out mm. because I went on Twitter earlier on today and Edu out was trending. Mm. Edu, the guy who has, you know, helped with uh, Mikel Arteta and, of course, the ownership to transform this football club is being, you know, ridiculed online and people are talking about him being sacked. That is madness. I don't care if you don't rate Jorginho. That's a valid opinion to have as long as you put it across in a respectful and a meaningful way. It's the but, guy Arteta wants, yeah. for the record. Exactly. You know, Edu's gone and got the player that he's been asked to get by Arteta, mm. you know. And people will say, well, he should, you know, well, we're not getting our priority targets. And I'm look, I'm all here to have a discussion. I'm all here to have a discussion about um, why we're not getting our priority targets. It's actually someone I'm keen to ask Arteta about, you know, why aren't we being able to do that? Um, but what Edu is, and the club have been good at is that despite not getting our priority targets, when we don't, is we pivot quite well. You know, we, we move someone else. You know, they were back in the day, we remember deadline days, even under Edu, you know, and I think we've learned from last January, what we didn't do last January. We didn't. And obviously, I don't think there was necessarily the same options out there as there is this January, but we've learned from that. And this has been a, a, a pro, I don't know, use the word, you know, this has been a process. It's been a process of learning. And people will say, well, why should we have someone that's learning on the job? Well, look at the bloody benefit of it. <laughs> you know, look at the benefit of, of learning on that job. Look at the benefit of having people that are on the rise you know, that are continuously learning from their mistakes and improving rather than people that are stuck in their ways and can't admit when they've made an error, you know. And unfortunately, I love Arsene Wenger for what he did. But at the end of his career, you know, we had to move on from that because Arsene Wenger was, in his essence, you know, a manager for a successful period of the past. And his style and what he was decision-making didn't suit the Arsenal that we had to do to get back to where we needed to go to. And now Arteta and Edu and even the Cronkies who get so much criticism, obviously, for things they've done stupidly in the past that I agree with. But for now, they backed us. We've spent a stupid amount of money. You know, you can't ask more. I can't ask any more of Arteta and I can't ask any more of the Cronkies. I feel I can ask a bit more of Edu in certain circumstances. And he is someone I still think needs to really kind of legitimise his position still to me in its entirety. But he's done a bloody lot of good stuff. So to ignore that, and to just say that, you know, it's it's useless. I think that Stan did reply to you, by the way, uh, in the chat, if you wanted to give him the benefit. He says, uh, uh, you told people to get in the bin, Harry. If you feel they're trolls, then why pay them any credence? Yeah, I, I did tell people to get in the bin that were calling for Edu to be sacked because I, I genuinely think that's a ridiculous opinion. I don't think not wanting Jorginho is a ridiculous opinion. But I think if you're uh, online calling yourself an Arsenal fan and calling for Edu to be sacked while Arsenal are five points clear at the top of the Premier League with a game in hand when all of the recruitment pretty much, barring a couple of examples over the last 18 months, has been spot on, I think you should get in the bin. I I stand by that. I'm not going to take that back because it was referring to a select group of people that we can all agree 
go over the line and cross the line. And this is a prime example, right? This is this. I'm going to highlight an example now in the live chat, right? So this is from Abdullah, who has donated to the channel. Thank you for the donation. But the contents of this comment just make no sense to me. Mm. So you two are the defenders for Arsenal at the moment. But I have a message for you two. If we fail to win the title this season, not only that idiot Edu will get abused on social media, but the two of you also. So mm. this is what we're I talking about. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm so grateful for the super chat. I am. But mm. you've literally just paid money to tell me and Tom that we are going to get abused if Arsenal don't win the title. So your first thought will be if Arsenal fail to win the title, oh my God, let me jump online and have a go at Harry and Tom and Edu. That says more about you than anybody else. Like, that's all I can say. I'm sorry. Like, this is no, on, my, on my nerves. Like, I, I don't no, no, no. Look, I, it happens all the time. Look, I, you know, I, I, we both have our own communities here. We run them in, in, in the way that we want to run them. You know, I reckon there's probably a lot of people in, in your chat box that I've probably blocked from mine. You know, I'm a serial blocker. I love it. You know, I just, from my perspective, if people aren't there to just to, to support or be constructive in their criticism or to have a debate in a meaningful way, there's just no point. You know, it's just no point being, why would I allow that negative energy into my life? Like, it just doesn't do anything for me. So I, 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 I when I see comments like that and people say you're a defender of Arsenal, the, the way to handle it is I just go, find me, your, give me your examples of where I'm blindly, you know, actively defending the club for a topic that you feel is wrong. And then explain to me why you think that. Instead of going... You're a defender. I had someone tweet me today saying like, oh, you're just, you know, you're always saying Arsenal can do no wrong. I've done two shows with two headlines saying Arteta should be sacked. I am not this bastion of truth <laughs> and this bastion of always being right. Believe me, I've got stuff wrong. And I'm fine with we that because have. it's meant we that we've have. gone to a good place. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not about being a quote unquote defender. You know, for me, I look to try and find logic in, in what we do. And sometimes I don't see that logic and then I'd be and then I'm critical. Like I said at the start of this show, if we'd have not brought in a midfielder, I would have been fuming, you know, and I would have been saying Edu has failed this window in the sense that we did not get a position that could technically cost us a Premier League title challenge. We managed to get a, a midfielder in that started 15 games for Chelsea this season and is going to come in to be the backup right now for Partey because there unfortunately just wasn't a competitive option out there that we could sign that wouldn't have implications further down the line. So mm. it's, yeah, I probably pay too much attention to it, to be honest. I try and ignore it as much as I can, but he was desperate to get his comment read out to be fair. Harry. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Pete, thank you for your very kind donation to the channel, mate. He says, uh, think if Jorginho didn't come from Chelsea, there wouldn't be uh, as much of a meltdown. Um, fair point. Yeah, I mean, that that plays a part, doesn't it? Because we've been mm. burnt in the past by yeah. Chelsea rejects, if you like. But I, I, I said this when we signed Willian as well. And I stick by this same principle, right? You, you, can't, <laughs> you can't look back at previous signings and then write off Jorginho oh, because of so. those previous signings. He's got nothing to do with them. There's yeah. no... Uh, it's just coming from that club. Yeah, agreed. But this is not an Arsenal side that are scraping the barrel anymore. This is an Arsenal side that are on the, you know, on an upward trajectory, sitting pretty at the top of the league, uh, are playing brilliant football, who are looking to add to their squad. They've seen an opportunity. Um, I kept, I said it at the beginning. It for me, the the terms were key mm. here. That was the big thing. The terms seem relatively favourable, 
and and makes sense. So I'm all good with that. But the the Chelsea factor does play a part here, Tom, doesn't it? Oh, like without a doubt, you know, like with, without question. Um, if we were signing Jorginho from, I don't know, ironically, Manchester City, let's say, because um, we obviously got a history of signing players in Man City that people called in our own fan base, cast-offs, rejects, flops, whatever you want to label them, um, that are obviously directly contributing to a title challenge this season. Of course there is that. The irony is, is we have a good relationship with Chelsea. Um, and from a business standpoint have, because we have obviously done business with them in the past. And I saw a comment in the chat saying that the people aren't comfortable with, with giving them money. I don't really care. They've got loads. <laughs> Whether we gave them 10 million quid or not means Jack. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> 10 million quid to them really is nothing. The fact that they're able to make something off of a player with six months left on their deal, you know, they'll be happy about that. You know, it's something that we really, we really should be better at doing, to be honest with us. And yeah. we might still extend El Nene's contract with the idea of, you know, then selling him for something in the summer. Still, um, why not? You know, why why not be, try and do that? So, yeah, I I, I don't really care about the the, the money towards Chelsea argument um, because it doesn't matter. Um, and Todd Bowley's got a, a never-ending pocket worth of money that no one. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you. In the footballing authority world is ever going to seemingly call him on. So it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, if, if it turns out Jorginho has a direct contribution in Arsenal potentially winning a title this season, because if Partey goes out and he comes in, you know, for however many games that we, if we need him, or even towards a Europa League, potentially, you know, if we win a European trophy because he's part of that squad, because we can rotate Partey out in those games, then yeah. I'm going to hold up a European trophy or a Premier League title at Chelsea and be like, cheers, enjoy your 10 million quid. I'm going to enjoy this piece of silver. So, you know, it's That's as simple it. for me as that. That's it. Um, let's just quickly touch on a couple more Super Chats and then we'll move on to another subject. Uh, big thank you to Diallo uh, for yours. Uh, Guillermo Dennis uh, says, I trust Mikel Arteta to make this signing work for the short-term title charge. However, my concern is his age, hoping there's a summer plan for a younger player. See, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You mm. you explain what your concern Perfect. actually is. Uh, thank you so much for that, Guillermo. Um, and a great point. You know, it isn't a long-term signing. The nature of the contract tells us that, if nothing else. It's all about, obviously, I think, getting back into the transfer market come the summer and putting that right. This was very much something done for the here and now. Uh, Comdean says, I was just worried about Chelsea hijacking Caicedo, but happy to wait till the summer. Would like Zuby or Caicedo and Rice in the summer. I, I do expect Tom Arsenal to go big on a midfielder in the summer, do you? More than one. Um, mm. As I said before, you know, El Nenny, he might extend his contract by a year, but I think there's scope for that to be so Arsenal can try and sell him. You know, he's always had interest from Turkey and Arsenal can make a couple of million quid if, if they extend that deal by a year, you know, in the summer or in January or whatever. And, you know, who says no to extra depth if you can get it? I don't, I don't think that this Jorginho deal rules out Arsenal going in for one or two. Arsenal's priority is Declan Rice. 
And this is going to be a measure for Edu in the summer because, you know, Arteta's job is to get us winning. You know, Arteta's job is to get us winning games, progressing, moving towards our goals of being a top, top team again. Edu's job is to deliver what Arteta needs to do that. So far, he's doing that because that's where we are in the table. So the evidence is there that he's doing a job that's getting us the players to get us where we need to go because that's where we are right now. And there's not much more evidence you can say than that. But in the summer, the evidence is that clearly Declan Rice is the priority. And it would be good for him to be able to secure a player that is the genuine number one target for a window. Um, so, yeah, that's I know I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it feeds in. So, yeah. No, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, Diallo says uh, to the trolls, anything good equals Mikel Arteta or anything bad equals Eddie. It certainly feels <laughs> that's like that. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Right. There is something that Arsenal are looking to do in this window or are going to allow to happen, yeah. we think, between now and the deadline that I disagree with. There you go. There's a, yep. a, a, a twist of the plot for you there. Uh, and David Marr highlights this as well. He says, Harry, troll, do you think... Harry. I know. I'm terrible. <laughs> aren't I? He says, Harry, do you think we're short in midfield with Elneny being injured and Sambi leaving? Up the gunners. So I believe that Sambi Lakonga does need a loan. I really do. I think it will do him the world of good. I think that's it's either going to make him or break him as far as Arsenal are concerned. But we need to see him playing regular football and in a position that he's comfortable in because I don't think he's an eight and I don't think he's a six. I think he's somewhere in between and it's a problem for Arsenal. Um, so that's where I'm at on, on Sambi Lakonga. But we kind of had an inkling, didn't we, Tom? I know that I'd certainly spoken about it on here. Um, that Mohamed Elneny's injury was a lot more serious than Arsenal were letting on, yep. Yep. probably because they didn't want it to cause them a problem in the transfer market. And here they are today announcing that Mohamed Elneny is is out for the long term. Yeah. So in the essence, we've lost Elneny as a midfield option. Lokonga is headed for Crystal Palace, we think, at the time of recording. And we've brought Jorginho in. So actually, we're a body down in midfield. Yep. Me personally, as as much as I think Lokonga needs that loan deal on a personal level, mm -hmm. I don't think as a football club, based on where we are and what we're looking to achieve, we should have sanctioned that at this point in the window, given that we're still short on numbers. Am I being harsh on the football club? No, 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 I agree. Um, so shock horror, criticism of Arsenal. Um, you know, it's. I think it's naive. Um and people, when I tweeted out saying, I think we're now thin in Granite Xhaka's position because I look at Lukonga as an eight, not as a six at all. Um, you know, the guy got two goals and three assists in preseason playing in the eight position. So it shows you what he's able to do when given games there and minutes there. Um, I, I am, I am though with Lukonga kind of at the end of my rope a bit um, with him. Uh, I think that he probably will, you know, won't succeed at Arsenal and will move on. Uh, and should be moved on. Uh, I think that the, the €8 million euro offer from Monaco was was laughable, but, you know, we should be looking to get at least breaking even if we can for him, and that loan to Palace will help with that. But we needed to bring in another midfielder if that was the case. You know, we had to bring in something, uh, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen, which is a frustration. Um, you know, I, I've gone back and forth about the Charlie Patino thing, about do you recall him? Do you add him into the squad? 
do you give him start giving him like 20 minutes at the end of Premier League games, use him in the Europa League, bed him in now, and then he can hit the ground running for next season. And I think there's still a viable option that, you know, I, I was always made aware the club had never ruled out the idea of a, a recall, um, but it doesn't look like that's a plan. I know they recalled uh, Rekic today and sent him on loan, but, uh, and they've recalled uh, Salah Adin, uh, led him hand as well today from Hull. So he's back as well. But, um, yeah, I don't. It's. It, I don't really understand beyond him obviously wanting out, and maybe they're looking at the harmony of the dressing room, and he didn't look happy after City because he trudged down the t- touchline. Maybe they're looking at it from that the same way that Man City were questioning why did they let Joao Cancelo go. Sometimes maybe it's best to get rid of a player if they are a bit of a, a downer in the dressing room. Uh, I feel for him because I just think he's been a victim of injuries in the wrong position that have had to mean he's played out of position. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a bit naive to let him go. Marquinhos, on the other hand, I think uh, it's a good decision to mm. let him go. Yeah. But again, feels like one that Arsenal probably wanted to do when they signed him, but couldn't because of Nelson. injuries to Emil Smith-Rowe and Nelson, etc., etc. Uh, that feels like a good move to me. Norwich City, down in the championship, obviously, but they, they're they one of the clubs that play quite a Premier League style of football, don't they, in terms of the way they like to play. So I think that's a, that's a good fit. What do you make of that? Yeah, uh, their their right winger is quite good, um, but their left winger, uh, I'm just looking at now, it's um, Hernandez, uh, Anel Hernandez. He's only got two goals in like 20-something games, um, whereas I think their right winger has actually got uh, a decent amount of goals uh, this season for them. I might be completely making that. Dow is his name, Kieran Dow, uh, who's playing on the right-hand side. I might, be, as I say, be completely wrong. I think he's got four and 18. So he's got double the amount the other guy's got. But um, yeah, Marquinhos comes in and obviously helps to support Timu Puki uh, on the other side. I should say Dow's got seven goal contributions compared to the other guys too. So he's got a chance to come into the left-hand side of that that Norwich team potentially and get some more minutes from the bench initially and then we'll push his way in. I think it's a perfect loan. You know, it's a side that are pushing for promotion in the championship. Going to be dominating, you'd think, the possession of most games they have, similar to how Arsenal are when they're playing. That's that's why I was a bit critical of the Patino loan to Blackpool because you're putting him in a team at the bottom of the championship that are under, under pressure. It develops a defensive game and his physicality, which I guess he needs to do. But, you know, maybe a mid-table championship. So I would Isn't have Mick McCarthy their manager as well? Which is shit scary, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. so uh, that's a problem, um, which was another argument to recall him, I guess. But uh, he's probably going to be staying. He's from the Neil Warnock school of thought, isn't he? Old Mick McCarthy. Mm. Mick McCarthy, interesting. Look to a camera though, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> interesting, quick little story. Mick McCarthy went over to Cyprus to manage not so long ago and was mm. awful. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's back. Then he's back at Black. A few English he's... coaches have done that. Did Ian Holloway do that? I, did Ian Holloway go to Cyprus? I, I saw was he went John somewhere. Carver. Do you remember John Carver that took over yes. Newcastle for a bit? He went over there. Neil Lennon was there not too long ago. Um, I think Neil Lennon might still be there. I think he left Ammonia, who were the big club that he was at. And I think he got a job at a smaller club. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Not really across Cypriot football because it's pants. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's take this a good one. result against Man United, didn't they? In the yeah, uh, yeah, Europa yeah, League. Yeah, not there bad. Not bad. Uh, let's take this one from Patrick, who says, Hi, Tom and Harry. How do you expect Arsenal to address the midfield area in the summer? Two top quality midfielders would one be enough for you i gotta be honest i know you said that we'd go for multiple midfielders Mm -hmm. i don't think we go for multiple 80 million pound plus midfielders if i'm being honest i think we'll probably get one or the other of those two um would that be enough for you personally 
No, I think we need to. Um, I think that, you know, you've got two positions in the Arsenal midfield. You've got your six and you've got your eight, as we all know. And then you've got Erdegaard and Vieira in the other role. And Xhaka and Partey are at a stage of their career where you need to start bedding in the person that's going to take over both positions. And the thing is with Liverpool is they didn't do that and haven't done that with their midfield. They brought in Thiago, you know, who's another ageing player at the end of his time, um, to be a starter. So it's not like Jorginho coming in to be a backup to Partey. They brought Thiago in to be a starter alongside what they've got. They have Naby Keita, who's not worked out because of injury. They have Oxley chamberlain etc. But they needed to go out and add somebody in that midfield who was going to help them transition to the next stage so that their cycle didn't come to an end. So I think we need two. There is the Patino factor, of course, uh, which needs to be considered. There's an argument if he's good enough, he'll play. You know, we spent £72 million on a right winger. Look who's playing right wing now. Do you know what I mean? So you can spend big on a player and yet a youth product can push them out if they're good enough. So... I still think we need to sign two. I would move on Elneny and Laconga, which leaves us just with Xhaka and, and Partey. And of course, Jorginho will be there for another year potentially, but just that other year. So yeah, I think we need two. And I'd be hopeful of get, at least getting Rice. It's then making sure we get that next one, um, which will be a big challenge. You've got a spammer, by the way, in the chat that you probably need to... Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Classic. Yeah, why, why are you repeating the same comment, mate? Like, we've seen it. Here, I'll bring it up. Hopefully you'll stop posting it now. I think we have a good squad to win the league. We're worrying too much. Positive message. Um, let's mm. quickly take a few questions uh, before we sign off. Uh, so start dropping uh, your questions in the live chat box. Put a little queue at the front of them. It just makes it easier for us to pick them out. Uh, quick reminder, if you haven't done so already, please leave a like on the stream. There's nearly 900 of you with us live right now. So there's no reason why we shouldn't have at least 400 likes. Uh, so please do. Leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand new. Check us out on another slice. And, uh, of course, as I mentioned to you guys uh, earlier on, was it earlier on in the week or the back end of last week? I'm starting another YouTube channel uh, where I'll be covering a wider range <laughs> of footballing topics. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a good idea. But I often find yeah. myself wanting to make content, talking about other stuff. And it just doesn't yeah. fit here. Um, we're around about 200 subs away from a thousand on there and we haven't made a video yet. So nice. that's pretty amazing. So if you guys could help me creep closer towards that 1000 mark, I'd be delighted. The link is in the description below and give Tom's channel a follow, uh, the Guna Talk TV. You can click on it via the title of this video. It's also in the description as well. Uh, Tom, give yourself a little plug as well while we are waiting for those questions to come in. Yeah, as Harry said, uh, if you enjoy daily Arsenal content, as you clearly do because you're subscribed here, um, we're doing a 9pm UK time tonight phone-in show so that I can get people on who are annoyed. You know, I don't want to just be an echo chamber of positivity. I want to hear from people that are annoyed so I can kind of have a chat and we can have a bit of therapy about uh, the Jorginho stuff. So if you're up for coming on the show, you need a webcam and a microphone, and that's it, and good internet and a quiet place to record and be over 18, I should add as well. Um <laughs> If you've got all of those things. Any more requirements? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're fairly acceptable requirements. Over 18, webcab, mic, quiet place, good internet. You know, I think they're good things most of us have. Um, so, yes, uh, you can do that. But, yeah, the Guna Talk, just check us out there. I, I am convinced that when we did a phone-in show a little while ago, someone that joined was in the toilet. I'm convinced. Really? There was tiles on the wall in the background. There was a mad echo. They were holding their phone. I'm convinced. Might have to go back and find that. Are clip. they talking out their ass as well? 
<laughs> nice one. Uh, right, let's take a few uh, questions before we bid you farewell. Uh, Tom says, should we recall Patino if Lakonga goes on loan? Is it possible to cut a loan short if there are big injury issues in our team? Feels too risky otherwise. That'll be based on the claw, on the, the deal, won't it? But, I mean, Patino feels like he's benefiting from this move. And I'm a big... I really do believe that you shouldn't cut loans short unless you're absolutely desperate. Do you agree with that? Or, or would Patino help us for the remainder of this season? I think he'd help. Um, I don't think he'd play that much. That's the problem. You know, yeah. I, as I said before, I think if you bring him back, you have to sub him on in pretty much every game to make the recall worth it. Um, and at the moment, we're not blitzing teams. Like, we're playing well. But we're not winning the title like City do, where they win five, six, four, three, nil. You know, lots of times we're winning most of our games by one or two goals. And it's only a couple of times this season where we've really put a team away, like we did with Nottingham Forest, for instance. You know, we've not really done that all that much. So we have had to keep players on the pitch, like Odegaard, for instance, which is why Fabio Vieira has not got much game time this season. So I th if we're desperate, then maybe you record him. Um, and there's part of me that wants to just because of the situation. If we were going for top four, I don't think I would. But because of the, the you know what we're doing this season, there's part of me that wants to. But I'm very conflicted on it. Tough one, isn't it? Plus, Georgino uh, doesn't really get injured either. Touch wood. I know I've said tempted fate there, but he, he's got a very good injury record. <laughs> Fingers crossed, he's okay. Um, name whose name is just literally name on YouTube <laughs> says, "Do you think we will see this 75 million again? The 75 million." that was put up for Caicedo, supposedly, that was put up for Mudrik. Do you think we'll see it again, or will it disappear like the Vlavic money? Well, um, I don't think the Vlavic money disappeared. We never bid for the guy. Um, and we were in discussions with Gabriel Jesus from the November prior to that January window. So Jesus was always in the frame. It's worth adding. Um, but I... I I, it's difficult to say because the Declan Rice situation was said to be unaffected by us going for Caicedo. So they were going to be going for Rice even if we got Caicedo. And we've got a midfielder, so you'd have to assume that, that that's the case. Um, I, I'm hopeful that you will see it. I, you know, I think the Cronkies have backed us with investment, and I think we're spending. And I think that Chelsea have kind of swung the doors open on a situation whereby you can kind of spend what you want, if you know what I mean. It's a weird thing to say, but... Who like, FFP is a joke at this stage. It really like, is. So it? if if our owners are investing, like you know, have at it. You know, I'm hoping that we do see that money again. Let's take a few more uh, just quickly. Uh, Matt G says uh, this Tom fella knows his stuff. Does he have his own channel? I don't know. Uh, Does he have his own channel? Um, I don't really like YouTube. <laughs> um, Abdullah who. Uh, put that super chat in earlier has come back with another one. He says, Harry and Tom, don't get me wrong. I'm not an abuser, uh, a perfect gentleman like you two. I'm talking about the crazy fan base. I'm a fan of you both. Uh, we might, I might have mistook that. We apologize. Like, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, but, but this is what I mean though. Like people have to be careful with the, the way people act online. Mm. It sparks things. So if you talk about someone getting abused, because they have a different opinion to you, then that leads to pylons yeah. online. That's the problem with this online stuff. Mm. And that's a big, big issue. And as I've said all along, I don't have a problem with someone having a different opinion. I, I invited those opinions on the show yesterday, but very often you don't get them. You just get the, 
the criticism and the slagging off and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then it yeah. just makes toxic chat, doesn't it? It's not nice. Right. It's- yeah. And I think obviously, because in the, in the previous comment from, from Abdullah that we, we've clearly misread, you know, like, uh, when when you label us as defenders of the club, like obviously that comes out as you know it's it's satirical because we get it all the time in the sense that we we're labelled as these people that think the club can do no wrong, which clearly isn't true because I think you've seen us criticise the club three or four. I'll times tell you what the club do wrong. I'll tell you yeah, what the yeah. club do wrong, and I'll never get a sponsorship from them for this. But Camden Hills, oh, change it, man. <laughs> it's not the it's not the best. It's not, it's not admittedly. Yeah. I've probably, you know, done myself in with any kind of sponsorship there as well, but it's not that if you want to get, if if you want to have a sponsor of Bira Moretti, feel free. Other lagers are available. Of course. I, uh, when I, whenever I buy a beer inside the ground now, I ask for a Budweiser because I don't want really? Camden Hills, you, but you and have that... to ask, that, you know, oh, you're, you're, you times. are desperate. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am fussy. I am fussy. Uh, Guillermo says uh, thoughts on the Kieran Tierney situation. There's been a lot of talk recently, Tom, about what Kieran Tierney's role is moving forward because he's been mm-hmm. displaced from the left back position by Alexander Zinchenko. It's clear that the Ukrainian is the number one now, but that doesn't mean that Tierney doesn't have a role here or that Tierney doesn't have a part to play. Am I am I correct in saying that? Oh, he has a part to play. He's not. He's not. Um, Arteta likes him. He renewed his contract. You know, so it's not. It's not like he doesn't like the player. Um, but I do, but I have been saying, you know, for some time, you know, it's my kind of view of things that, and from things that whispers that have been going on around the club, that if they were to get a good offer in the summer, um, it wouldn't be the end of the world to see us make a good amount of money on him because there's a number of reasons. One, obviously he's one of the players that wasn't actually bought by Arteta, um, two, Zinchenko, obvious reasons, and the stylistic nature of the role that Arteta wants from that left back position is is trying to be filled by Tierney, but he's just not capable of of doing that role the same way that Zinchenko is. And we've got a really good young player coming through called Lino Souza, um, who can play invertedly, um, mm-hmm. and is learning in the youth team to play in that way. So yeah, there's a lot of reasons as to why Tierney may be off in the summer. Uh, Rosso Gunner says, hi, Harry, what are your thoughts on Kivio's potential and how capable he is to play in the defensive midfield role in the worst scenario? So I'll get Tom's thoughts on this in a sec. But I mean, for me, Jakob Kivior is not a defensive midfielder. OK, he's he's okay. stepped into that role on occasions in Italy and, and people have talked about that but it's been on a handful of occasions. It's not something that he does regularly. Mm, he has played there more in Serie A than he has at left centre-back. Yeah, but it's, I, I don't think he's played there. No, I think yeah. I think when you look at what they say on paper, I don't think that's quite the case, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, sort of having watched him a couple of times, he looks like a centre-back to me. Like he is, for, for me, he's a centre-back. With it, A bit like the way people used to we say that Ben that. White could play there. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. when people used to say Ben White is a, you know, he's a defensive midfielder as well? You could make it work. You yeah. could shoehorn it in. But I mean, really, I, I just don't see it with Kivio. We've I not mean, bought him for that. So no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so so what's your kind of take on on the prospect of him playing at, at left centre back? I'm just bringing up some stats as well. It's a, it's, um, it's a last resort that. option. You know, that's what it is. I'd put him in there over Ben White. Um, I'd put him in there over, I don't know, moving Odegaard there. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd put him in there over most 
I put him in there over Saliba. I'd probably put him in there over Zinchenko because I don't want to really see Zinchenko leave left back. Um, not because I don't think Zinchenko could do that role worse, but because I just don't want to see Zinchenko move. So yeah, it's a, it's a needs must situation. I I've watched. You know, I, obviously, when I do my breakdowns of players, I immerse myself in watching so much of them on Scout and stuff. And, you know, he did some good things uh, in the defensive midfield role. But I agree with you that first and foremost, and he's developed into a very comfortable left set, uh, left-sided centre-back this season. So, again, it's, it's kind of a bonus, but in a way, a hopefully a bonus that we don't need to use, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you're right to say that he played defensive midfield quite a bit last season. Um, this season, though, I think he's only done it once in 20 appearances. Yeah, less than a yeah. So, clear, yeah, so I think, yeah, again, I'm not saying he definitely can't play there ever, but I don't think he's that. And I don't think we should be, the point I'm trying to make is that I don't think we should be ignoring addressing that area because of his arrival like it should never have been a case where people were saying we don't need a backup for Partey because we've got Kivy or it's not that he's not that compatible to that position in my opinion especially not in the Premier League where the game is very very different I would argue uh, D says great to see you Tom and Harry I give us an 8 out of 10 this window it's probably a good place to end this show Tom mm. um, how would you rate this window out of 10 I gave it a 7.5 this morning um, with Jorginho coming in. I dropped it to a 7 after we let Lekonga go. Um, okay. You know, we've missed out on two key titles. If it was 7.5, if we'd got Mudrick, 8.5. Caicedo, you're 9.5, burging on 10, you know. So I feel as though taking that back two uh, and then taking it back a half because of letting Lekonga go, I think seven's probably fair. But considering last January was a zero, <laughs> you know, like it's a considerable improvement uh, a year later. So, yeah. Trust the process, small steps mm. and all that. I suppose not um, a zero. We let Aubameyang leave, which was important, but, you know. Yes, yeah, true, true. Good point. Uh, guys, we are going to leave it there. I'm not going to rate the window because I'm going to do an episode on it. So, uh, oh, nice. Gonna, there you I'm go. I'm going to spoil it. You, <laughs> you can clip my bit in if you want. Like. Yeah, there you go. That's my plan for tomorrow. Uh, thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Uh, thank you to Tom uh, for your time as always, mate. Just remind people again how they can find your channel and what you've got coming up. Uh, yep, the Goon Talk phone-in show tonight, 9pm, and usually 8pm, 8am, sorry, I should know that by now, after 500 episodes, 8am uh, every single day. There you go. Brilliant stuff. Make sure you check out the Goon Talk TV. Make sure you're subscribed here. Make sure you leave a like on the video, and uh, check out the alternative YouTube channel. Link is in the description. Subscribe there, and if you want access to more Chronicles of Aguna content, you can do so. Uh, or you can access it by signing up to our platform on the Another Slice website. Thank you all so much. We will see you soon. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.